0: Hello and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is a returning guest. Her last two podcasts with me are still to this day, the most listened to episodes and the most downloaded. So I had to drag her back into a brand new episode because we have a lot to catch up on. My dear friend, Jennifer Hernan is with us today. She is not only an amazing colorist, she is the co creator of one of my favorite tools. It's called the Bib Buddy. And we're going to be talking today about the Bib Buddy retiring. So we want to make mm-hmm. sure that you find out about that and get your Bib Buddy before it goes away. Thank you, Jennifer, for coming back and chatting with me for another episode. Welcome. I am so thrilled to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It is
1: such an honor. Um, I just love chatting with you. Yeah. Um,
0: BibBuddy, where do we begin? Um, Let's begin with BibBuddy is how we met. I was doing a live Periscope. I was looking before we got on here to see how long ago Periscope came on the scene. Mm -hmm. And it was seven years ago. I was doing a class. It was one of the first classes that I taught independently. I just created my own class, started putting it out there to salons, and a salon in Maryland hired me, drove to Maryland. I was in the class, and I went live on Periscope. And your screen name was Sparkle. What was it again? Sparkle Girl. Sparkle Girl. I am
1: Sparkle Girl or something. I am like Sparkle that. Girl. So
0: I kept uh-huh. saying lamb. I kept thinking it was a lowercase l. And I'm like, lamb sparkle? What's a bib buddy? <laughs> oh, because yeah. We, we, were, we were painting <laughs> and we were getting it all over the place. And I said, oh my gosh, I love clay, but it's so mm-hmm. messy. And you chimed in and said, you need a bib buddy. And I said, I need to know what a bib buddy is. And so this friendship (laughs) began over this amazing tool. So go back to telling people what the bib buddy is.
1: Well, you know, ever, ever since I was behind the chair and I say was because I'm not behind the chair right now, but um, I I found that when I was shampooing my clients uh, no matter how much I wrapped them with a towel they would still get wet. And so I started, you know, tying bits of plastic and things around their neck, which is, you know, super tacky and, um, came up with this idea for the bib buddy. There's, there's products that are out there that are similar to it, but it is a, a, a backwards
0: bib. So it velcros. I actually have one right here that I can, I can show the YouTube watchers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it, it. Velcro's in the front and hangs down in the back and it goes into the bowl with your client during the shampoo process. And then it's released back into the bowl before you sit them up. And it was a game changer for me. Uh, I just, I used it constantly. It was just amazing. Um, And, you know, I think that the biggest job for us was finding the manufacturer the supplier of the fabric the type of velcro we were using i wanted something soft and not itchy and that sort of thing and the bib buddy was born um, and we shipped it all over the country and into europe as well and um it it was just something that brought me a lot of joy it was Just amazing to be able to have a product that hairdressers found useful um, and things that they needed. There has since been um, some competition out there now. Uh, But once COVID hit, it made it really difficult for us to find um, consistent supplies. And we also moved from the Seattle area more east of Seattle. So it wasn't as easy for us to keep going with it. And, uh, so we decided to close the business and, um, we still have some bibs left. So we only have one size. We used to have two sizes. We had a regular and a large, and now we just have regular. Uh, and so we are selling the rest of our inventory and then that will be the last of it.
0: I'm yeah, sad. Yeah. I'm glad that I have mine. I will cherish mine forever. And you did accomplish everything you're saying. It's a noticeably more high quality Velcro. I've never yes. had anything sticking in there. There's little nubs yep. of towel fibers right. and hairs and all of that. Mm-hmm. It is super comfortable. All of my clients mm-hmm. notice when I use it, they look for it. If, if I yeah. forget to, to pull it out, they'd be like, can you use that thing? Because yeah. we actually lost a client I'll never forget this. This woman, Paula had like a really curved back and we have those older clients or clients who have issues with their back. They just cannot fit in the sink. Yes. And she came up to me on her last visit with us. She had been coming to us for like 10 years, every single four weeks for a retouch and a haircut. And she walked up to me and she said, I'm never coming back. And I said, Oh my gosh, Paula, why? And she said, I get wet every single time I come here to get my hair done. And she said, nobody ever even notices it. Nobody ever addressed it. And and I always used your bib buddy. So whoever was doing her hair was not using the bib buddy. And I said, Paula, you're not my client. I had no idea. I'm in the back in the color room. I had no idea that you were getting wet. Why didn't you say something? You should just Mm -hmm. know that. So that was such a lesson. I was like, "Wow, yeah, you really have to like anticipate what the client's issues are because they're embarrassed <laughs> to say anything." But that was enough for her to leave and never come back. A ten-year and you know that client so over a it... wet neck. <laughs> so sad it it only takes one good
1: lesson in our careers to learn something uh, like that Um, that's a huge customer service thing right there and um you know i've learned so many things over the years i know you can relate to this you know uh, those clients they're almost like hunchback right because they're they lose their the their neck um gets some sort of curvature and um you know, with the way the sinks are designed today, it's very difficult to get those clients at the right height. And if if you have a hydraulic chair, and this is what I have um, said in the past, people, if you have a hydraulic chair, you want to lay your client back into the sink. And you don't want them hanging in the sink where there's a gap in their neck. So what I do is I would pile three towels and the bib uh, into the curvature of the sink and then sit the client back and then you literally lower the chair. And as you lower the chair, it straightens their head in the sink. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. You don't want their head hanging so far back into the sink that there's a curve on the front of their neck. And that's even hard to breathe sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, that's a lesson that, that hairdressers have to, especially new ones. They don't know this. And, you know, even with the bib buddy being gone, they could still do this with their clients. They can put at least three towels underneath the neck. And then as the towels get wet, you just kind of switch them out because that is such a comfort thing. Can you imagine um, all those little perm rods and and how uncomfortable that would be in a hard sink? Uh, I just learned recently that perms are being discontinued. I don't know if this is true. I thought they were coming back. Well, I heard that, now this is just hearsay, but Redken is discontinuing their perms? I don't know. Maybe they're redoing them, but this is the word that I've heard.
0: Wow, I'm so so devastated about Pravana color remover. I can't can't handle perms. Well, I could handle perms going away because it's been several (laughs) years since I've done one. But what, what it triggers for me is the harm that we put ourselves in working yes. with these chemicals all these years, if they're starting to discontinue things that have mm-hmm. always been successful money mm-hmm. monetarily for these companies, mm-hmm. you know there's something that's showing up that they're hurting us, you know? So that that's what I think of right away when you- Well, know, and continue. also I
1: think, I, I also think that um, perms are, are something of the past, but you get to be older and you still need them, um, you know. I think of generation. I get my alphabet mixed up, but I think it's Generation Z. <laughs> I kept saying Generation X until my son corrected me. It's Generation Z. You know, the twenty, the twenty-something year olds. Um, they're all into the long hair, the balayage, you know, um, all of that. But the longer you're in the business and the hair texture changes. And, you know, some of us, I'm not saying me, but I say us because I don't wanna just make it sound like it's a certain age group, but, um, you know, it's hard to lift your hands, to do your own hair, uh, you know, um, and there's still a need for perms. Uh, So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the future. I, I, you know, Um, all I can think of, I totally agree with what you're saying, the chemical thing. I mean, think of like hair relaxing and hair straightening and all of that. I, uh, over the years, developed chemical sensitivity from doing hair. So I was so, I mean, not just chemicals, but even with people wearing perfume, I had to ask my clients to quit wearing perfume. Um, It just became so noticeable to me over the years. But
0: That's a rabbit trail. I think. (laughs) I'm so happy you said that because my sister-in-law was just here staying with us and it was like 9am. She comes wafting into the kitchen with so much perfume on and I had, I didn't have my coffee yet. And I was like, (laughs) I said, you keep asking me, what can you do as a guest I said what you can do is stop putting that perfume on I'm like you smell great your natural scent is amazing oh my god I'm trying to smell good for you I'm like please no like the older that I get the more I can't do candles or heavy room deodorizers or any of that stuff I'm just like oh my god please I can't be in a car with someone with a lot of perfume and they say um, that as you get older your, your smell sense of smell diminishes. And that's why women keep putting more perfume on yes, because they can't I, smell themselves. So I'm like, yes. oh my gosh, it's getting worse. <laughs> okay, I can think
1: of all kinds of jokes right now, but I'm going to refrain.
0: <laughs> it's um, interesting that you said when uh, the reason for perms when you get older is not mm-hmm. only that your hair starts to change and the texture changes, mm-hmm. but the lifting of the arms. I have a torn rotator cuff, thanks to this yep. amazing, beautiful business. And it is really super painful when you're going through the frozen shoulder stage of that. And what I found out when I went to see a doctor, he said, everyone will have a torn rotator cuff by the age of 70. Yeah. Well, 70, we're not 70 yet, but because we're hairdressers, we're getting it sooner because nobody rotates their cuff more than a hairdresser, either applying color or a blow drying. So that's a lesson too, that, that you and I can share with our our younger listeners that they have many, many more things to come from this fabulous career. So I wanted to catch up with you again, because you and I are both in such different places since we met on the podcast. Um, We both are passionate colorists and Mm -hmm. now have shifted into more of, um, you know, you moved, I moved, Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing more coaching and teaching Mm -hmm. than actual doing. So Mm -hmm. I would love for you to talk about that because when people are burned out behind the chair and they just can't even imagine life without the hair routine, I want them to hear from us what that has been like and, and the little aha moments that have bubbled up from our, our new, new roles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, let's just address burnout first
1: because I wasn't burned out when I moved and, um, uh, but I have been burned out from doing hair. And I think burnout is, is going to occur in any career, but especially ours. I think um, what hairdressers need to understand is that it's, it's, it's up to us to, to navigate how much we're willing to do, um, how much work we're willing to do, how hard we're willing to, to serve somebody. Um, I think burnout, can happen when you feel taken advantage of when you feel like there's an unfair situation maybe you're not being paid enough maybe you're feeling uh that you're that your partner in your life you know that you're you're you know earning more you feel obligated or whatever because let's face it being a hairdresser can be very lucrative and it also is um, recession proof people are willing to give up things in life in order to go to their hairdresser so uh, in order to overcome the burnout I think we have to first break those areas down and identify them. And then you need to bring inspiration into your personal life because you've been giving, 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 giving. And what's left? I mean, it's like the empty cup, right? So how are we going to refill that cup? And for me, it's going out into nature. It's going for drives. Um, I recently started um, painting again, doing watercolor painting and uh, taking more online classes. And I'll be driving and I remember posting a picture on my Facebook page of this incredible view of farmland at like five or six at night. And the, the grass was lime green. I was, and the sky was this deep blue gray. Now imagine lime green and a deep blue gray and then a red barn just right there. And it was so beautiful. I was like, okay, I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> and, and I probably did. It was so beautiful. And I just wanted to go home and create that. And sometimes I'll go, one of the things I love is anything old that's been repurposed. So there's this thing around here called Farm Chicks. And I love going to that and seeing these different artists create things. And so, <clears throat> Going back to hair, you know, hair has always, always been my passion. I was doing Barbie doll hair when I was little, doing haircuts. Um, They got it all. And because I'm so passionate about it, you can get burned out on something you're really passionate about. So just switching that passion, um, maybe it's still an area of creating. It might be cooking, um, it might be writing. I think we just have to tap into that. So That's my, that's how I would address burnout is to, for that hairdresser to give themselves permission to take some time off work, because you can make up for that time in lots of different ways and to not allow your, your clients to uh, put you on a guilt trip because you're unavailable. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's really easy to be in this mindset of serve, serve, serve. And you're just depleting everything you have. And then burnout hits. And oh my gosh, it's it's horrible. And uh, burnout doesn't have to be where you take months of, of time off. It can just be taking little snippets, maybe give yourself an afternoon, you know, once a week or or whatever it takes. I mean, the individual would probably come up with a great game plan, but it's just acknowledging what burnout is.
0: Yeah. And sometimes you're not even aware of it. I feel like the universe will give you um, in the beginning, very subtle hints that you should be going down a different path to which we mostly ignore. And mm-hmm. then you get the not so subtle one. So I was getting all the subtle whispers and I was like, what? Well, what is the universe trying to get me to understand about what I'm doing? And I would get all the messages and be like, no. And I would keep pushing ahead and going back, doing hair 12 hours a day, you know, standing, standing, no lunch, the whole bit all the way through to very recently. Like my entire career was like that. And like you said, depleted, exhausted, would go home. Wouldn't even Mm -hmm. want to talk to my husband or kids because I was all talked out. My clients got everything, every bit of piece of me. So um, it was summertime My parents have a pool and I was sitting Mm -hmm. out at their pool and my, behind my ear started to itch and I scratched behind my ear and I was out in the sun and I was in the chlorine, whatever the perfect storm was. Mm -hmm. I woke up the next morning and this whole top part of my cheek was bright, bright red. It looked like somebody slapped me and it was swollen. So I was like, that doesn't look good. And it was hot. It had like some heat to it. So I showed my husband he said, you need to go to a doctor. And I'm like, no, I have clients. I have to be at work, yada, yada. And he's like, no, (laughs) you're going to a doctor. Call my doctor's office. I go. The doctor took a Bic pen and drew the bottom of where the red was. She put a line and she said, I want you to look at that throughout the day. And if the redness crosses that line, I want you to go right to the emergency room. Wow, is that scary? Scary. She said, you're inflamed and it's so close to your brain, blah, blah, blah. I went to work. When I look back, oh at my that, gosh, I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like that's how dedicated, that's how, you know, responsible yeah. and all that. Where where does yeah. it get you? So yeah. I go to the hospital, they look at my face, they give me like an IV of Benadryl. I'm completely spaced. I don't even know where I am. They keep me overnight. They don't know what it is. They have infectious disease, people coming in. It's like this big to do. My husband's a nervous wreck. He's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're keeping you. Like it was that serious. Yeah. So Of course, the next day I have a full book of clients. So my husband's like, I don't even know how to turn the computer on to go into your software. Like, I don't know people's phone numbers. So my daughter drove to the salon and started calling people to tell them that mom was not coming in because she's in the hospital. Mm. And the amount of people that like told her off on the (gasps) phone. What do you mean she's not doing my hair? I have an important meeting. I, 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 everything was about them. Yeah. She would start to cry oh, and say, man. she is in the hospital. They don't know what's wrong with her. Like it could affect her brain. Like this could be something serious. When are you going to ask, is your mom okay? Like this is my not- young, she was college <clears throat> age trying to school these selfish women. Like she is a human being who happens to do really great hair color. Like she is a human. She's yeah. like, mom, they don't even know your last name. They just know you're Elaine, their are colorist. Like you put them before us many times. And she was right, mm-hmm. you know, always, you know, missed parties, missed all kinds of occasions mm-hmm. because, oh, I got to get in there for that great yeah. client. And, oh man, that was the first big, not tap, that was like a big brick being thrown at me. And I came back stronger than ever and was more dedicated than ever and forgot all about it and just kept going. And then every time something like that happened, I was like, okay, I need to change the way that I do things. And for me, the final straw was moving to another state, you know, mm-hmm. telling my clients, I'm leaving, you know, this one's going to mm-hmm. be doing your color, showing her what we do and all of that. And saying, you know, I've had, uh, and I've loved having you as a client. I hope you're going to continue mm-hmm. to come to the salon, blah, 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 blah. I was here about three months and realized that not one person had reached out to see if I was okay. Oh, that so, just that's kills me, right? Heart, yeah. So I, I pick up the phone and I I start with my favorite, reach out and say, Hey, I get her voicemail. Hey, I'm just checking in. Just want to let you know, you know how Florida is. See how you're doing with your hair. Make sure everything's okay. No return phone call. Went to the second one, reached out, left a big long message, no return phone call. Completely ignored and ghosted. Got wrenching, got wrenching. Whoa, and I'm sharing this, not to be a woe is me victim because it's three years later and I'm happier than I've ever been and I don't care about yep. that relationship anymore because they made it perfectly clear that I was mm-hmm. Elaine with no last name that happened to be a great colorist. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, but that's I thought I thought that I was more, you know, we tend to, yeah. we're, we're friendly with these clients mm-hmm. and we serve them for so many years. These women, I had done their yeah. hair for 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Every four weeks for okay, 20 well, years.
1: I got to tell you, listening to that story though, there is a shining star in that story and that's your daughter you know i was just thinking how incredible it was for her to realize that you were not being treated fairly by these people and there's this she probably had no idea um that we go through that as hairdressers. And so for her to experience that and defend you, that brings, you know, just this whole new element to your mother daughter relationship. So, you know, kudos to your daughter for stepping in. She sounds like an amazing person, but just had to get that out there. But yes, I, um, after I moved, I, well, so COVID hit. And, um, it, you know, I, I live, you know, in Washington State, and so the governor of Washington deemed hairdressers as a non-essential, and so we had to shut down. Um, it was just really difficult, and I started to work under the table. I had to because it was a source of income, and um, you know, I was always like looking over my shoulder, right because, you know, an inspector could come by, uh, who knows, Who, who knows. And I even had clients that were wearing three masks at a time. And I, you know, honestly, I got to the point where I couldn't work like that. I just couldn't. I only hear out of one ear. I was born that way. So, you know, to have someone with three masks, it's not like sign language, (laughs) you know, exactly. So we just decided and and we happen to live in the most expensive city. Um, And so we just decided it was time to sell our house. Our neighbor saw us getting it ready and made an offer on the house. I think we could have gotten more, but it's where we are. Um, and we moved east of the mountains so you know I'm kind of like in an area that is very um, the town I live in the city I live in now now is the biggest city of Washington state but it's also not it doesn't feel at all like a city Um, and you know I didn't know what the market was over here Uh, I knew the market where I lived it was a very tech market. So most of my clients were either a tech themselves, or they were married to techie husbands. So for me, it was a very successful and lucrative career. And um, then moving over here, it was like, such a different thing. I mean, people live in sweatshirts and blue jeans over here. That wasn't the case where I lived. And it was it just sent me into this really dark place for many, many months, it took me a long, long time. Um, I'm, I'm definitely in a different place now uh, in my head than I was when I moved here. Um, but I am learning a lot. And, and uh, you know, uh, let me just say, I, I'm learning a lot about what hairdressers don't know, because I'm going into salons to uh, younger stylists, because I'm getting older, um, I've been to a couple of older stylists who don't know gray hair, and I've allowed myself to go gray. Um, I it, it was that was a really big deal for me too, allowing myself to You've go been gray. Through a lot of change in the last two years. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Well, I think the stress alone made me gray. Yeah, really. And I was it kind along. of liking. I, the gray you know I was kind of liking it so um I would go places to get foils and you know I'd come home and I just would have this this unhappy uh result because because what they were doing I knew was wrong and I I didn't want to um they I I, okay (laughs) I'm in a difficult spot right now because when I go to a new hairdresser, do I want to tell them that I'm a hairdresser
0: and that I go I through the same framey? thing? Because then I then I get all bossy and want to tell them everything to do. So I'm like sometimes oh I just gosh, want to sit and be a girl. customer.
1: <laughs> this is a whole new topic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do not want to come across as miss know it all, even though I feel like where I'm at in my career now, I know a lot, and I want them to understand how much they can learn if they let me tell them
0: how to do their job (laughs) but don't you find there's there's this element of defensiveness when you start to try to try to offer the information and then you're like i really don't mean anything by it i'm just really trying to help so it's like a really hard place to be
1: it really is it really is and um i i have found a hairdresser that i really like Um, she's on maternity leave right now and um but it's clear across town to get to her and she's just had her fourth child and she has a photography business and a hair i don't know how she does it so um i did recently see a haircut that i really liked and got the name of a stylist who um she and her husband both own the salon you know i don't want to make it sound like only older hairdressers know things but a lot of these young stylists. They, they have experience in balayage right and long hair because that's the thing, but then you get somebody like me who has white hair. I mean, I remember when I got my first white hair client she became my guinea pig because I had to learn on her hair the behavior of white hair. Uh, and then I got my own white hair and it, it, you know, it's like a a totally different thing. So now I feel like definitely more of an expert in white hair than I've ever been before. And we, you know, I look forward to another conversation about that because I think there's a lot you and I have in common that we can talk about, Um, with regards to white hair that I kind of feel like I need to get the word out to these hairdressers. Um, My challenge is, you know, being white and really thick hair and, you know, the parietal ridge is that bone in the middle of the hip. You know, if you put your fingers above your ears on both sides of the head, you're, they're landing on the parietal ridge, which goes all the way around the back of the head, almost like a half halo. And I am so thick up there and you know if hairdressers thin 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 with thinning shears it takes out all the volume to really do anything with the hair just collapses and um i just want to get in there with my razor and you know so that's that's been a challenge to communicate well with a hairdresser on what not to do and because i'm a hairdresser i don't want to be the guinea pig i'd like someone else to do it (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. It's funny because still to this day, you and I both, our zone of genius has been to simplify (laughs) formulation. That's always what we talked about on Periscope and all that. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm still saying the same things and I'm still, you know, going back to the same fundamentals and Mm -hmm. people that have been with me for, you know, over two years are still raising their hand and asking for recipes. We just, we just wrapped up a three-day retreat this weekend. And these are members in my group that have been with me for over two years. They've come to another retreat. They do all the videos and everything in the course. And then I had a new um, educator with me and the first hand went up and said, well, what's the formula for? And I said, who just said that? I yelled across the (laughs) room. You want, you want to smack them? Cause I'm like, that's the part that people just can't get down well, is that there isn't a recipe and that yeah. all gray hair mm-hmm. is able to be covered. Yeah. Um, it's all about education and it's about mm-hmm. formulation, application, and timing. Mm-hmm. Those are the three things. It is, it is, it's about, and it's about texture of the hair too.
1: And, and, um, like I said, in a former podcast with you, my mentor has been Dennis Gebhardt. Um, I learned a lot from him. And, uh, you know, if there was one thing that really stood out to me, it was understanding hair texture. Um, Because texture plays a role in how hair color processes on that strand of hair. If If somebody has really fine, healthy hair, that doesn't mean they're gonna take color easy. People think that, it's kind of reversed. They think, well, if the hair is really curly or if it's, if it's really wavy and we see some wiriness, it's gonna be hard to color. You know, that was my thinking back then. And once I became um, enlightened by my mentor, I realized it's actually the opposite. The shinier and healthier the hair, in many cases, the more resistant the hair is, especially as the hair is turning white. If the hair has natural color, it's, it's different. But when hair begins to change and lose its natural color, the texture changes too. And what I have said to even clients of mine, is the percentage of color loss in someone's head is also a similar percentage of skin tone that's lost because when you still have your natural color you you are able to have a natural skin tone I, um, you know you still have this glow you you don't you you don't need to put as much cosmetics on your face. Um, But when you start getting gray and white, the reason we feel so flat and washed out is because we are (laughs) (laughs) And, and it affects how our skin looks. And so, you know, I have to educate my clients on this as well and reassure them that it, when you are changing and transitioning from natural color to gray, you also need to transition how you treat color on your face because when the color in your hair is going away, your your face stands out more. Does that mm, make
0: sense? I love that. Yeah, totally. And makes sense.
1: and so you know, this is part of our conversation that we need to have with our clients as hairdressers is to educate them. You know, when a client sits in the chair, they know nothing. They're not educated. In fact, the reason my clients will buy as many products as they do is because I teach them what those products do. I don't say I don't just say this has protein in it and it's really good for your hair. Okay, why is it good for the hair? Teach them the why, um, and why do they need protein? For instance, did you know that fine hair holds on to more water than textured hair? And when there's a lot of water in fine hair, it needs protein because protein strengthens and pushes out water. And that's what happens also when hair is porous. If hair is really porous, it holds on to water. And that's why it's limp, it lacks body. You know, people have to go in and curl the hair more, or they think, um, I don't know what they're thinking. So, <laughs> our job as hairdressers is to not only ourselves understand what say protein does, but when we educate our clients on what protein does and why their hair needs it, we are building incredible trust. My clients, they, they buy whatever I told them to buy because it worked. In fact, after I moved, I had a client reach out to me and she said, I can't find that protein. Can you tell, can you order me some? So, you know, that's what I did. I ordered a large amount and sold it to her. And, uh, you know, that's, that's our job as hairdressers. And if we don't understand, uh, how can you just sell something and tell somebody it works? It, but when, when you educate somebody on anything, it leaves a lasting impression on that person. You know, they believe in you. They they trust you because it makes sense.
0: I love that because everybody gets so caught up in the woe is me with, um, you know, competing with Amazon and all these big mm-hmm. bucks um, companies. But if, it's, if the education comes with the recommendation, that makes mm-hmm. all the difference. You know, I, I know for myself, anytime I try, a new place for a massage or a facial or any kind of service. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. am tuned in to whether or not I'm being recommended. I've been to probably four different salons to have my hair done since I've been here. I've been to mm-hmm. four different nail salons, two different massage places, three different mm-hmm. facial places. Like, you know, when you move, you're trying to find yeah. your person. And yes. One person out of all of those visits, one person recommended a product and I happily bought it because she yeah. took time to explain the why,
1: And, you know, that is, that's just true in hair. That's true in anything in life. I mean, um, if somebody sells you something because they see, they understand what the product can do for you, that makes you a believer in that person. And, you know, I think that that's just a skill that needs to be taught to the hair world. Um, You know, that it. And let's just go back to that color. What's a good formula? I mean, that's kind of like client uh, hairdresser saying, "Okay, what color line is the best?"
0: Mm, that's, a, um, that's a whole other topic, too. <laughs> I know,
1: but that's kind of like once you understand the color line, once you understand the product. You know, the the the. When I say product, I mean the retail product that we were talking about. It's all about understanding the thing you're working with. Um, Another another thing I learned, which was pretty amazing, was how ingredients are listed on the ingredient deck. And so I read ingredients on everything. I mean, I read ingredients on food. One day I was eating Top Ramen. Okay, I confess, I like Top Ramen because I like to add my green onions and I like to add my egg and all my stuff. But I was reading on the back of it one day and it was like uh, genetically uh, genetically grown ingredients and my jaw dropped. I mean, I couldn't get Top Ramen around here. So I ordered a case of it from Amazon and I had to wait like forever for it. And now I have this all this Top Ramen that I don't want to eat because... <laughs> because it has like this genetic thing in it that I don't understand. And so you know, and I'm it's just scary saying, when you
0: start looking.
1: I know, it's scary. So you know let's okay, I know I go down all these little rabbit trails, but going back to the list of ingredients on the products you use, you know if you if there's something that you're looking for on that list of ingredients and it's not in the top 10, you pretty much can be sure there's not much in it at all of what you need it to do. Right. So, um, especially with retail products, you know, so I would say to hairdressers, get to know the products that you use. And if there's a whole bunch of stuff listed in the top and you can't even read what those things are, then either get a chemical ingredient book, which I own two of, it's like a, 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 What is it called? Ingredients, uh, chemical ingredients dictionary, or something like that. You can buy those and um, you can look up what those things do. Uh, For instance, um, anything with ides in it, like ceramides, peptides, the I D E S ingredients, those are all different forms of proteins. So get to know your proteins and the different forms they come in. And then when you read it on your list of ingredients on the back of the label, if you see the "ids" there, then, then most likely you've got something with protein that's in the top and it doesn't necessarily matter um, what kind of protein. Um, I mean, I learned early on through my mentor that, that different proteins do different things. Uh, But, in this, in this case, you want to just see that it has protein in the first place. That's something that's really needed in um, hair that's been chemically changed, <clears throat> either from, from uh, chemical processes like balayage, hair straightening, things like that. Um, you want to add that protein back in because once it's removed through a chemical process, it you can never replace it. You can, Fill the hair with some protein
0: until the next shampoo, and then they use that. Yeah, and that's something I feel like they don't uh cover enough in school. Like, I didn't, I never understood the difference between protein and moisture when to use which. And Mm -hmm. it's you know, we just keep pretending to know what the hair needs and whatever that the hottest new product is, but we don't Mm -hmm. really understand what's in the ingredient deck, you know, I'll think I'm being super healthy and I'll call my friend who's obsessed with ingredients too. She probably has those books and I'll say, I'm so proud of myself. I And she goes, mm, better than what you normally do, but still not great. It has and She rattles on. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what am I allowed to eat? <laughs> so it's, it's really uh, exhausting, but you know, you and I, we've, we've covered the bib buddy. We've covered re- semi-retirement. We've covered, yeah. You know, clients that don't care about us after work on. We've done all of those things, but the most important conversation you and I need to have is those tips on the gray. So yes. the first time I interviewed you, we had to do a part two. Are you up for a part two? So that we know I, can, am. Um, totally. I love that. Yeah, let's do yeah. it because um if you're listening now, I know, you know, you're either on a treadmill or you're driving in your car and 30 minutes is usually the sweet spot of anybody's Mm -hmm. attention span. And I want, I want you to hear more from Jennifer because she's so special and has such Mm -hmm. great um, information to share. So we're going to do also do a part two of this podcast, but for this one, Jennifer, please tell Mm -hmm. people where to get those last few, few, uh, cherished buddies. Absolutely. Yes. So our website is
1: called BibBuddy, and the way you find it is B I B, like in boy, and a dash B U D D Y dot com. So the BibBuddy is not one word, it's two words with a dash in the middle. And that's been the most confusing for people, but that's what we've had all along. So if someone wants to order, they can go there. And I I think, I think, I think, I think, but I'm not exactly sure. I think we have a sale going on on those bibs. They may find us on our Bib Buddy Facebook page and they might find some posts there about a sale. I can't be sure if that's my hubby's side of the the business. So, uh,
0: and once those are gone, that's it. And how can they find you to follow on your journey? Is it your personal? Oh, Facebook Oh, that or is or such really?
1: a good question. Because, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm still the, trying to decide what to do, but I have a Instagram page that is not active right now, but they can find me there because I'm on Instagram lurking, looking around every day. But I think I need to probably get that going again, because I feel like I have things that I can offer people Um, and just reignite that Instagram page again. And they can find me. It's Jennifer Hernan, H-E-R-N-O-N on Instagram. And of course, I'm on Facebook, but I'm kind of picky about the people uh, that I know anymore because, you know, Facebook is huge now. And. You know, I see people that I know nothing about. (laughs) And I'm thinking, hmm. So, probably the best place is Instagram.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for this. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you on part two for the next one. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.